Before I get into the message, I want to introduce two very special people to you. Uh, Sue's sister, Connie Shell, is here from Virginia, and her brother, Steve Holman, from Florida, and they've come to spend a few days with us, and we're just so grateful to have you come visit us. So welcome. There are other things I could tell you about them. But I'll just ask me after the service, and I'll, I'll, I'll take care of that. Um, one of the things I love about the Internet is there's always something new to discover. And I got excited this week because I found a website called On This Day. Has anybody heard of this? On This Day? You, you plug in any date you want, and it will tell you a list of things that happened on this day in history. And I got excited about it, and I thought, ooh, I'm gonna find some stuff for Sunday to put in my message. And so I started looking up May 18th and, and getting all these interesting things, and Raph came in, I was talking to Raph and sharing all these interesting things, and he just looked at me and said, Roger, Sunday is May 19th. <laughs> Throw the list away. <laughs> Go back in May 19th. So, on May 19th in 1884 was the first performance of the Ringling Brothers Circus. I bet you didn't know that, did you? No. Oh. In 1928, on May 19th, there were 51 frogs entered into the first annual frog jumping jubilee in California. <laughs> That's one of those things you're not getting in any other church this morning. <laughs> right here, right here East Main Street, you get this good stuff. In 1995, the world's youngest doctor 
graduated from Mount Sinai Medical School at the age of 17. And it was not Doogie Howser. <laughs> How many of you know who Doogie Howser is? Bunch of old people. So you date yourself if you know that. On, on this day in 2002, Zoe Milton was born. <laughs> Zoe's a member of our church family. She was, she was here at 9.30, and uh, today's her 17th birthday. So we, we celebrated that appropriately in that service. And on May 19th, 2019, you made a choice to come to church and to worship our God. You know, life is full of choices, isn't it? Some of them are very insignificant. What are you going to eat for lunch after church today? Well, some of us place more importance on that than others. But, but for most people, it's a fairly insignificant choice. Or what television show are you going to take a nap to this afternoon? You know, it's not a real important choice. Other choices have the potential to change your life. Who you marry. What career path you set yourself on. Those are choices that are life changing. But no choice you will ever make is more important than whether or not you will honor the Lord with your life. Whenever we have a, a child come and offer themselves to receive Christ and be baptized, uh, I always sit down here with them and I look at them and I say, there is no more important choice you will make the rest of your life than the one you make today. That is the choice that faced the people of Israel back in, at the end of the book of Joshua. If you were to read that book, you get to the end of it. And the people had a choice to make. They had been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years because of their faithlessness to God. Then finally, under Joshua's leadership, they had obeyed God. And they went in and they took the promised land. And they defeated most of their enemies, but some of them were allowed to remain. Which meant that their influence, the influence of their culture and of their religions, were going to be there on the people of Israel. And Joshua knew that even though they had won the battle for the promised land, they really had not yet won the battle of their hearts. Who are you going to follow with your lives? And so Joshua calls the people together shortly before he dies. And he set before them a choice. He said, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household... We will serve the Lord. Well, the people were inspired by Joshua's message and more so by the faithfulness of Joshua's life. And they gave a resounding, yes, we too will serve the Lord. But if you know anything about the history of Israel, you know that their daily actions often denied the choice that they made. 
Let's fast forward to the second decade of the 21st century to May 19th, 2019. People today are still faced with the same challenge and they are faced with the same choice. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Now, sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that that's a one-time choice. You know, that as soon as I say yes to Christ, to receive Christ in my heart as my Savior, and I'm baptized, then I've made the choice. And I don't have to deal with that anymore. We may think that because we made the choice to come to church this morning, we made the choice. And we won't have to worry about it the rest of the week. But what Joshua wanted the people to understand and what we need to understand is it's not a singular choice. It's not a choice that is made at a certain point in time and then never has to be made again. The choice to honor and serve the Lord is one that must be made daily. Or otherwise, like the people of Israel... Our daily decisions and actions can deny the choice that we have made to follow the Lord. I hope you caught that in in Joshua's words. He said, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. He didn't say, remember the choice that you made earlier to follow the Lord. He didn't say recall the past times that you have chosen to follow the Lord. He said, no, I want you to choose right here, right now, today. Who are you going to serve? And the idea was that it's a, it's a choice that must be made every day. Tomorrow, I'm going to have the same choice. Choose you this day who you're going to serve. Tuesday, I'm going to have the same choice. Choose you this day who you're going to serve. And the motivation for me making that choice is to realize that before I choose, I have already been chosen. Let me share some scriptures with you. John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. Did any of the disciples choose Jesus first? No. He went to them, follow me. Come follow me. Follow me. They were chosen. And then they chose to accept the choosing. (laughs) Ephesians 1.4, For God chose us in Jesus before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Did you catch that? You were chosen before the creation of the world. You were chosen before you have existence. Back in Psalm 139, it said, God knew us even before we were born. And he chose you. 
Second Thessalonians 2.13, From the beginning God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. God chose you. 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. There are more, but I hope you, you get the idea. You've been chosen. Before the people of Israel ever chose God, God chose them. And then he asked them every day, you choose whether or not to honor my choice to be the people that I have chosen you to be. And the same is true for us. Nothing has changed. We are intended every day to move forward and forward and forward in our relationship with the Lord. We can't get stuck in the moment when we first chose him. Speaking of getting stuck. How many of you have found mowing challenging <laughs> this spring? You know, it's challenging. It keeps raining. The yard never really completely dries out. But yet the grass has to be cut, doesn't it? You don't want a hay field. And my wife is so faithful about mowing the lawn. She loves to mow the lawn. And she will mow the lawn regardless of the conditions. <laughs> we have, I don't know if your yard's like mine. We, we've got a couple acres out there where we live. And there are certain places that take a day or two longer to dry up than others. Anybody have that? You know, they're, they're wet spots. And the discussion we've had surrounding the wet spots is before you mow, you go walk out through the yard. And as soon as you hear squish, 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 you go, don't mow. You know, you go back until squish, squish. Mow, don't mow. Pretty easy concept, isn't it? Not for all of us. <laughs> and I know what it is. Sue just can't resist. She's, she's mowing along, and here she goes, and then she's mowing along, and here she goes, and there's that imaginary line, the squish line. I can probably get another... Half a, okay, I got, oh yeah, I got a little closer. I bet I can, just a little closer. I bet I can, and they're turning and the mud is flying. You ever stuck a zero turn mower? They bury themselves. The whole mower practically goes in the ground by the time you get done. And it's always great because I know when the mower's stuck even before a word is said. Because Sue comes in like this. And just stands there. 
suck the mower, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Only this time, she stuck the mower. It was over by the farm field, which is really in the squish zone. And she stuck it in a way that I couldn't get to the front of the mower without driving through the farm field, which is even worse than the yard. And the only way to get to the back of it was to get into the squish zone with it. So I take my four-wheel drive truck, back it up, back it up, back it up. Okay, I seem good here. Hook on the mower. Start to pull out, truck gets stuck. <laughs> and the only problem with a four-wheel drive truck, it sticks all four wheels, not just the rear ones, all of them. So now I got a mower stuck, I got a truck stuck, I got mud on me, Sue's standing there. <laughs> and uh, So I do what I always do, I call Kevin. He happened to be mowing, so I had to wait till he got done mowing. I said, Kevin, I need you to come rescue me again. So he brings his big old four-wheel drive diesel truck. And he starts to back it up, back it up, and then it's starting to stick. So he says, I, I'm going to get stuck too. Did I mention this was the squish zone? Yeah. So he, he pulls back out and goes and gets this humongous thing. I don't know what you call it. Garland, what do you call it? It's a big yellow thing that all four wheels turn when you turn it. Is that what it is? I don't know what it is. And he backs this thing across my front yard, pulls my truck out, pulls my mower out, and I have ruts this deep now. The squish zone is now like a bomb zone would be. You know, it looks like somebody just blew out big holes. Uh, so if you drive by our front yard today, you see these unmowed patches where all the big tire ruts are. And so sometime this week, I get to get a truckload of dirt and go fill in all these ruts. And I am absolutely certain that after this experience, you will still stick the mower again. I know you will. Probably before the year is out. <laughs> because you just can't resist the urge to go a little farther. Now, why in the world am I telling you this story other than it's kind of fun and I can pick on Sue? I'm telling you this story because we do that in our lives all the time. God has declared certain areas of life squish zones <laughs> because they are the areas that begin to lead us away from him and lead us into sin. You can call it a temptation zone if you want. But it's like there's this area. Uh, don't we tend to be this way? We read God's word, you know, thou shalt not. Okay, I'm not supposed to do that. But how much can I do? How far can I go? 
How close can I get to the sin zone before I'm actually sinning? And we begin to do the same process. We, I'm inching a little closer. I kind of like that idea, but I, God told me not, but I bet I can get, okay, I'm still good. I'm still good. And okay, we kind of figure out where the line is. But we just can't help ourselves because the Bible says that we're all sinful. We have a sinful human nature and our sinful human nature will lead us every time into the squish zone. <laughs> and the only thing that will keep us out is the choice. Not a choice that we make once, not a choice that you make on Sunday while you're in church, but a choice that you make each and every day of your life. Choose you this day who you will serve. So how do we make that choice? I think a good place to start, and, and I have to give credit for this to Max Lucado, one of my favorite Christian authors. He, he kind of talked about this, and it, it inspired me. A good place to start in the choices we make each day is with the fruit of the Spirit that Paul wrote about in Galatians. He said, you know, every day you wake up, if you wake up kind of early like I do, you have those early morning hours that are just a little peaceful. You know, there's no demands at the moment. Everything's pretty calm. I can relax a little. But I know before long, the pulse of the day is going to start. And there's going to be deadlines to meet. There's going to be demands. There's going to be places to go, things to do, people to see. And life is going to get busy. And so before that happens, I need to make some choices. And first of all, I need to choose love. I need to decide before anything happens that nothing is going to justify hatred. Nothing that anyone could do to me, could say to me, nothing that happens to me is going to cause me to hate. There is no place in my heart, a heart that's given over to Christ for bitterness and resentment. So I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to cross that line. I choose love. I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to face some circumstances today that are going to try my soul, <laughs> try my patience. There are going to be things that happen that I don't want to happen. There are going to be things that I want to happen that aren't going to happen. And I'm going to decide ahead of time that my joy is going to come from Christ and is not going to depend upon all these circumstances, good or bad. The joy of the Lord will be my strength. I'm going to choose peace. I'm going to choose to be at peace with God by receiving his grace and forgiveness for my sin. And I am going to choose to be at peace with others by extending to them the same grace and forgiveness that I have received. 
I'm going to choose patience. I will overlook the inconveniences of this world, the little things that just bug us and aggravate us. And I'm going to see those inconvenient times as times to stop and reflect on the presence of God. Maybe I have to stand in that checkout line for 15 minutes before I can get out. That's 15 minutes I can pray and reflect on the presence of God in my life. Maybe I have to sit in that traffic jam and it's going to take me an extra half hour to get where I need to be. I'm going to use that half hour to reflect on the goodness of God and his presence in my life rather than stew over the fact that I'm being held up. I'm going to choose kindness. I'm going to choose to be kind to everyone I meet today, even the unkind, because that's how Jesus would treat them. I'm going to choose goodness. I am going to make choices today that will benefit others, that will work for the good of those around me as well as advance my relationship with my Heavenly Father. I'm going to choose faithfulness. No one's going to regret the trust they place in me today. No one will have reason to doubt the integrity of my word because I choose to be faithful. I choose gentleness. Nothing good is ever won in my life by force. If I raise my voice, may it be in praise. If I clench my fist, may it be in the earnestness of prayer. And if I make demands of anyone, may it be of me. And I choose self-control. I am both a physical and a spiritual being. And I refuse to let that which will die rule over that which will live forever. I will choose to control the flesh so that I may soar in spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Those are the things I choose this day. And by choosing those things, I have chosen to serve and honor the Lord. Now, if I succeed, I will give God the glory because it, it wasn't me. And if I fail... In any of those areas, I will ask his grace and forgiveness. And when the day is done, I will rest my head on my pillow in peace. Knowing that in a few hours I will awake. And I will make the choice all over again. Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household... We will serve the Lord. Let us pray. God, I am so grateful that even though your people struggled to keep the choice, they made the choice. They were willing to step out in faith and said, we believe in you, Lord, and we want our lives to honor you. 
May we do the same. May we not rely on past choices. May we understand the nature of our sinfulness and how we can so easily get drawn into things we shouldn't do and to words we shouldn't say and decisions we shouldn't make and how we can get so stuck in our relationship with you. I pray that every day we can choose the things that reflect you, that reflect the life of Jesus, the things that will honor you and bring glory to your name. This day, Father, we choose to serve the Lord. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. It is not the final choice. It is the first one. You can't choose each day to serve the Lord if you haven't chosen to receive Christ. Because you can't serve the Lord if you don't know Him. You can't choose Him if He's not in your heart. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, there's not a reason in the world to walk out of here the same way you came in. Today, you can choose to serve the Lord by receiving His Son, Jesus Christ, as your Savior. In a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to sing this hymn of invitation. And when we do, I'm going to invite you to come. I know it's an uncomfortable thing to do. I know it's kind of a scary thing to do. You want me to walk up in front of people. But think about this. Jesus carried a cross through the crowd for you. He stood up when everyone else would have sat down. And if he could do that for me, I could stand for him. So I'm going to invite you to come. It would be my joy, my privilege to lead you in a simple prayer, to lead you in a statement of faith that simply says, I believe in Jesus and I accept him as my Lord and Savior. We'll arrange for your baptism. And then from this day forward, you can make the choice to serve the Lord. Let's stand together, hymn number 408, verses 1 and 3.